worshipping with Oxygen Life. Who else from other 412 churches is here with us? Anyone else from other 412 churches? East London? Come, let's give it up for East London. Anyone else? Someone said Edge Mead. Now, Edge Mead's, uh, well, I'm not sure. But uh, is, is Edge Mead a 412 church or a Josh Jen church? Hey, Josh Jen. Well, Edge Mead, uh, welcome. Hmm. Interesting, uh, being the church. And uh, you know what I love about what happened this afternoon is just, because we, we worship a lot together. And it's such a good I don't want to say discipline, but just that beautiful thing for us to come together and to fix our mind on God, to lift our hands. And, and we wrestle sometimes for the sense of connection with the Lord as a people, and that's part of it. And it's, it's in some ways God pursuing us and us pursuing God. But I think He pursues us a lot more than we realize. Uh, and uh, actually, John 4 says that he seeks those who worship him in spirit and truth. So, that's yeah, beautiful. Lovely to be part of just what God's doing. But I want to just, you know, have a little bit of an open mic, which is, a, which is risky, but like not for the whole afternoon, okay? So, for those who are going, yes. Uh, but it, there were some prophetic words coming through. If you still feel like there's an unction for you to share that thing to the whole, those that did come forward, then just come and condense it. Uh, as you've heard me say before, I think it's crisp. Keep it crisp. And, uh, but anyone who wants to share from that, any prophetic utterances that you had? Uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, while we were uh, singing, when we actually took that break, and Mike said that we, we're kind of searching a little bit, and we took that break, I, I really felt that uh, just as I was singing in the Spirit, I was singing in tongues, that, that song actually came, um, I will give you all my worship. And uh, I really felt that that line where it says um, uh, something about longing, I think this, sorry, somewhere in that song, something about longing. And um, I really felt that there's, you know, my mom used to say this line, she said, you can take the horse to the water, but you cannot make it drink. And I felt for us that there was a moment uh, where it's almost like Mervis does that thing where he sings repetitively. And uh, the reason behind it is because actually often we sing over words. We actually don't understand or, or process what the Lord's trying to do in us. And um, that was a moment I felt certainly for us where it was the longing, where uh, we weren't singing over words, but we were, it came from us. It came from the people singing back, as Hannah said earlier in the meeting, where it would be our worship. Uh, so I felt that that was something the Lord wants to draw out of us, is that it's our worship and, and out of a longing for him, uh, that would where we'd, we'd ex- experience true worship uh, amongst us. That was good, huh? huh? Yeah, it's on the button. Uh, Kaylee. Kayla. Kayla, did you have a word? She did. more of a, of a vision so I felt I saw this boat and we represent the boat and God's the anchor so the song where we keep what we were singing um, come to me so we tend to sometimes drift apart um, especially from God but he wants to tell us to come 
um, and stay steadfast in him. And so he represents the anchor. So if we let him come in um, and pray that he will be steadfast in us, then he will show us the way. So I just want to encourage those that sometimes feel um, disconnected from God that um, he wants you to come um, and, and make a way. So that's just something what I saw. Good. Come on, give it up for it. That was good. Very good. Anything else? Come on, Ronnie, come share with us. Um, yeah, so while we were worshiping, um, I was, took a step back and looked around and God kind of showed me um, that there's, there's a few, it looks like when you look from space to the earth, if you look at the cities, you can see that there's certain areas on the continent that's lit, that's, that's lighting up. And it's kind of what he showed me, what's happening in the congregational currently, that there's a few people that are, that are preparing the celebration during the week. And they bring the celebration, they bring the wood, they bring their, their faithfulness to a Sunday, and that sets a light. And then there's a lot of us that are piggybacking off their heat, standing next to their fire, and trying to muster up whatever there is. And that's why we are seeking around and, and, and pushing to see where we can find the heat or find God in it. But I want to encourage all of you to go out and do your preparation during the week so that you can come and receive your own fire and your own celebration on a Sunday that you don't have to piggyback off somebody else's. Um, yeah. Very good. Awesome, awesome. So how's it, guys? My name is Bashir, by the way. Um, one of the guys from PE. Uh, so, yeah. So, during worship, um, I just felt um, um, like I just felt a sharp pain on my like, shoulder and neck area right here. Um, so, I'm just really trusting, kind of risking that, but I really trust that the Lord wants to heal that person. Um, so, I come right here if you want to pray. If you want to pray. <laughs> really, bro. Is it, is it right here? Like, I'm, yeah. Let's go for it, bro. Let's go for it. He looks like he's too young to have injuries already. <laughs> maybe there's someone else that maybe he needs it more. Now you can you can stay, keep on. But seriously, if there's <laughs> is there anyone who's really got some serious pain on the right hand side of your neck, running into your okay, some serious pain. Okay, so so that those those you come as well. You come as well. Why don't you come stand in the front? Anyone else who wants to respond to this? Neck pain. Um, great. So, why are you guys finding it funny? Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's, why don't you pray for them? Let's, let's reach out our hands to them and why don't you pray, pray over them? Use your hands. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Heavenly Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you'd bring healing, Lord. Right now, Lord. With any pain, Lord, in the shoulder, in the neck area, Lord, right now, God. That will be gone in the name of Jesus, God. That you bring your healing right now, Lord. Pain-free neck, pain-free shoulder, Lord. Right now, God. Would it be for your glory, Lord. 
Would you do that, Lord? Do that, God. Do that, Jesus, God. Right now, Lord. Bring healing, Lord. Bring healing, Lord. Come, God. We love you, Lord. Amen. So we, that's excellent. Let's stay, stay here. We're not going to make it a big issue, but there might be some people here who actually really do want to be prayed for for healing. And uh, let's call them out. So I'm going to call you out to come stand here and let's see if people pray for you. But we can do this quite quickly, but I'd love to give an opportunity for those that need healing to respond. And especially those who went on that, that healing equip time. Who went on that out of us? Why don't you guys come to the front now quickly? And who of you, so let's start with hands. Who of you actually need physical healing uh, and you want to come to the front? Okay, come, come out. So what I want you to do is, uh, I want you to face this way. So face the front and just let someone come and give a 10 second description of what you need healing for and then let's pray for them. So we're going to give you, we're going to give you one minute to find out what these guys need healing for. So the guys in the front are praying. The guys that are looking... To, hang on, guys. Stay with me, yeah? The guys who are looking forward are being prayed for. So let's, let's go for it. So find out what you're praying for, and then let's us reach our hands out. Let's reach our hands out to these guys. Okay, are you getting ready to pray? Lord, we are stretching it yet, but we're going to ask, God, that you who healed through Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit... And Lord, you that were, you, your, your signature was that your word was followed by miracles. And Lord, we ask that this afternoon there be a reaching out of your hand. And Lord, a, a healing of disease. And Lord, a restoring of bodies. And so Lord, we take authority over the spirit of infirmity here. Over the spirit of disease. And Lord, we ask that the healing power of Jesus Christ would move through the hands of those who are praying. So I want you to put your hand on the person that you're praying for. Reach out. The scripture says in Mark 16, they laid their hands on many and many were healed. Let healing flow. Paulette, we say to you, receive in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Julie, I feel like you, you might need to uh, wrestle with the spirit when it comes to some of the physical stuff. I just feel like to prompt you to pray. Let's have someone pray over in that area. And our eyes be open that actually we take authority over the spirit of infirmity over your life. Say quickly.
Let's just keep on church praying. If you just reach out your hands, we're going to bring this to a close now. Thank you, God. In Jesus Christ's name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sometimes pain is a spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Spirit of the living God. Full of fresh in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Stay with me. All right, let's bring our prayers to a close. If the anointing's on you, you can take it to your seat. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. It's good. We've got another prophetic word I would like to release here. It's amazing how God conscious you can be when you've got your eyes closed. It's a, it's a nice thing, actually, in some ways. It's <laughs> great. Good. Uh, I thought this is a good word for us in the congregation. Why don't you share for us? Cool, cool. Um, how's it, guys? Such a blessing to be with you all. Um, I was just in worship and saying, Lord, would you give me a heart for this congregation? What is it you're wanting to say? And I feel there's such a hunger from, from you guys to catch the Lord's heart, to catch what He's doing, to, to step into the new season. And I, and I felt the Lord saying, the new season is Jesus. The next thing, the next, where's the direction? What's, what's happening? It's Jesus. That's all it is. And, and I felt the Lord saying like, some of you are, are you're hungry to hear God's voice in business, in, in your families, whatever it is. And that's great. But I feel the Lord saying like, just come to Him. Make Him everything. Um, the new season is full surrender. Uh, the new season is, is more of Jesus. And, and man, I'm so excited for, for you guys as a congregation and what that looks like. So yeah, that's really, really it. The new season is Jesus. <laughs> That's a good word for us. Very good word. Uh, maybe I should just jump on that. You know, often, often our experience of God can override our relating with God. I know that sounds like a contradiction.
But sometimes just the experience of what we had now becomes a substitute for the real relating. And you know what's interesting for me is we were reading, uh, Mike's been preaching out of Exodus. And, and really we've had some impactful two weeks of just encountering the Lord. And what's interesting for me, and I only saw it really this afternoon in the prayer time, as I was just looking at the Word, but how Moses has now just been reassigned. He's, they've just come through, if you're not with us, you won't know what I'm talking about, but the Levites were, were birthed out of, a, out of a compromise, out of worshiping the golden calf, and, and God said, whose side are you on? And then, and then Moses is re-instructed by the Lord, and what's interesting, he doesn't say, Lord, well, where are you taking us, and, and what are we going to get in the promised land? But he, he asked this, God, show us, would you be with us, and would you show us your glory? Isn't that amazing how, how Moses somehow, who's been commissioned as this leader to take them into the promised land, you know, a leader that's going to that's gonna, uh, lead these people into the place of milk and honey, but he somehow gets captured with God himself. Quite something, eh? And uh, I know for my own family, I know that, and for my, I'm talking about my daughters, but for my own life as well, is... I do actually have the desire, would God be my portion? Would, would God be the one that is my primary satisfaction? Would His glory and seeing Him be my food? Or is it where He's taking us? What is it a gift to us? And it's, it's quite an important thing that just the, the reality of developing that relationship with God. So I want to look at the Word and try and healthily navigate us in how do we keep the fire burning, keep the longing, uh, and stay in step with the Spirit. So open your Bibles. I want to go to Mark, the book of Mark. Uh, this, is, uh, uh, this is really well planned. It's been planned for a long time, but it's, uh, we haven't been uh, talking to the AB team. So I'm looking at the, the book of Mark. And chapter 2. Actually, let's start in chapter 1. So the latter part of chapter 1, I'll summarize for you. Jesus just taught for the first time in the book of Mark. And they, they said, wow, this guy's got incredible authority. And he cast out a demon out of someone. And he's called his disciples. He's just, just gathered his disciples. And I'm reading from... Chapter 1, verse 29. So if you want to go with me there, it would be great if you can read in your own Bibles. We can all do this together. So I'm looking at the book of Mark. There you go. And I think you've got the New King James Version. That's brilliant. Thank you. So Lord, would you help us just see you through your word? You ready to go there? So it says, Now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew, with James and John, but Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever. I'm just going to stop there quickly. We're just used to, you know, two or four or maybe six people in a home. But there you've, got, there you've got Simon and Andrew, it's their home, and the mother-in-law is living there. I think homes were really communities of people. Homes were big in those days. So often we, we, don't, we don't see what they were living in. And homes could be up to like 200 people. There's a guy I know in, um, I'm not sure what the area is, but he's got a massive home. 
Um, and, you know, you could probably fit like 50 people there if you really squeeze them in, maybe 70. But it's like homes were really like many rooms. And so Jesus is coming into this, this home with, with both Simon and Andrew, James and John, and he prays um, for Simon's, uh, for his mother-in-law. And the scripture says, he took her by the hand and lifted her up and immediately the fever left her. It's almost like the fever obeyed. Like it had their ability to go. It, it, it listened to the authority of Christ. And, the scripture, and she served them. And at evening when the sun had set, they brought him to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. I was reading the scripture to Lorna and she said, I think it might have been an exaggeration. Uh, but I don't think so. I think, I think the city could have been five, ten thousand 10,000 people. And I think you can fit 10,000 people in the street. And so the whole, can you imagine the chaos of this? A whole city, a whole village in our language, a whole area coming together, squeezing in. And they're at the door of his home. And then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Now in the morning, this is the part I want to get to. So can you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine, this is pretty new for all of them. This is massive. The whole town was at the door. But what time do you think he went to sleep? And I'm thinking his disciples, now if I was one of the disciples, I'm thinking, my goodness, we had a good thing here. It's like the whole town, can you come listen to, you know, my, my leader? And, uh, you know, we, there's a lot of opportunity here, Lord. This is, this is big. You know, we could actually, we could use a synagogue and get the whole town following you. You know what I mean? I can imagine what they were going through. This is like, this is, this is massive. Um, I don't know what time we got to sleep that night. And my guess is that that news spread like wildfire. For him to sleep restfully, that must have been a miracle. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's like, it's like those who didn't get healed, they're hanging out. They're, like, they're not going anywhere. And he, he's asleep that night. And his disciples are excited. So I don't know how they did that. The Bible is sort of quiet about that. But the Bible says this. So let's read it together. So now in the morning, we don't know how they got there, but they did. Having risen a long while before daylight. He went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. There's massive pressure on him. There's, there's demand on his time. There's, there's much happening. Much opportunity. But he finds a solitary place. And he finds a place to, I think, talk to the Father and listen to the Father. Not just go through his daily prayer. I don't want to downplay devotions. I think devotions can have a very important part, like reading a devotional, that's what I mean. can have an important part in the Christian's life. But unless you're hearing God, unless you're speaking to God from the heart, it's not, it's not according to this pattern. But let me just try and paint a picture for you. It seems like the Son of God went from these moments of huge impact to finding a place 
to be by himself. And then being refreshed in God's perspective. And there seemed to be that pattern. And I would say that as a church, we also need to learn a pattern of how to follow the Lord. There's a time to rest. When I say rest, I don't mean do nothing. But there's a time to, in a sense, wait upon the Lord. There's a time to push. There's a time to know how God is leading us. Otherwise, we can do our own thing. And it's almost like he, he goes out and he comes in. He goes out. There's a rhythm in his life. And even if you're at school, you probably, I'm just thinking of you, Luke, you probably know the day where you sort of crash. It's like you have your crash day. And that's not necessarily a bad day. Now, if you're a working man and you're like me, probably Friday afternoon, it's like, don't invite me for a brown on Friday. I mean, I'd like to, but, I, I mean, it, it is, it, um, but often like 8.30, like, you know, the, the, the lights are on, but nobody's home. <laughs> it's like, I'm there, but I'm not there. Um, I'm sure that you've got a day where you sort of know that down day. I don't, I don't want to speak about my daughter's personal life, but we're quite aware of their down days. You know, it's like you, you become aware of when you, you're having that day where your battery's being recharged. And I think it's the same in prayer as well. There's a, there's a, a giving out and a receiving. There's a rhythm in life. And he understood that rhythm. You guys have just come from the conference. It's possible that you go home back to PE and you're going like, why am I feeling... So you just come from this. Most of it's like, yeah! I saw you guys doing the Jesus uh, roar uh, on, the, on the youth conference. And now tomorrow morning or on Tuesday morning when you're back home in your own bed and you've woken up and you're feeling, man, it's like back to routine. How do you find your rhythm in God? That's a very important question. And I would say that if you don't learn to find an alone place where you're comfortable with you, and comfortable with God, and where there's a connection with God, where there's a sense of face-to-face -face with Him, it can be very difficult to be recharged. Someone who leads the church, so I'm leading the church right now, there's a gift, and, a, and almost you can say an anointing on me to know what the Lord's doing some of the time. Okay? But, but I too am very aware that that anointing doesn't refresh me the same way that face-to-face -face time with God does. So I could be energized by anointing, but I'm not refreshed by that. I need to relate with God's person. I need to have, have real relating. The, the me in me must relate with Him. And I would need to hear Him. And not only for the church, but also for my family and for me and for my work. And it makes a huge difference when you're hearing God. And so if he had this need to have a rhythm in his life of hearing God, of setting himself aside, how much more do you? I'm going to do things differently. I, I, I'm just going to do it differently. Uh, why don't you come share that testimony right in the middle of the preach? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for that, Grant. Um, yeah, so uh, in one of Andrew's recent preaches, he encouraged us first, and then he kind of told us to do Bible study early in the morning. There's a lot of scriptures around it. Um, Grant quoted a scripture, Psalm 61, said, Rise early and, and seek me. And uh, I've been doing my Bible study early in the morning, and I have three kids, one of which is 
like less than a year old, so trust me, it's difficult. But God also says that I will give you rest. Sleep doesn't give you rest. God gives you rest. Okay, that's the first thing. Grant told me three points. Okay, that's the first point. Uh, the second thing is uh, get down on your knees. I think, I think Charles Spurgeon said it. One of the greatest lies that the devil tells us is if you don't go down, is, is that your posture in, in, during prayer doesn't make a difference. And I think there's a humility that goes with going on your knees. Do it early in the morning. And then I started, you know, being all miff in the morning, going, okay, God, I'm here, where are you? And, uh, you know, that didn't work out well. Um, and then I turned my heart and said, God, I'm, I'm here, I'm listening, speak to me. And I've been doing it for a couple of months, and I can really see the fruit of my life. And I actually discussed with Mike as well. It's pretty important to meet Jesus before you meet the devil. Okay, so you're going to meet the devil at some stage during your day. Okay, you're going to. And uh, it's a good idea to meet Jesus before you do. And uh, what an incredible time to just get up early in the morning when the birds aren't even chirping yet. Go out on your knees, do your Bible study, do prayer, find Jesus, listen to Jesus, and then start your day. It just sets you up that when that taxi cuts you off, you're like, hey, instead of turning your hand the other way. And this is just an incredible way that we allow God to lead us during the day and during our time uh, spent with Him. Come on, give it up for Him. I think I'm coming in for a landing. I was spending some time with Mornay, what's his surname? Mossel Bay? Vanavalt. And he was saying to me, and he, he would be considered as someone who ministers into churches. So he's raised up a few congregations. He's part of Josh Chen. And he spends more time now going into a church. And he says one of the things that he's realizing, that he's burning with, is that often people can find momentum and they can be like gliders where the wind of God through the church is their wind. And so they don't actually develop their own sense of connection with the Lord and develop their own uh, spending time and seeking after Him and turning to Him. And he says that he, he, he finds that as one of the very important things he's working into the church is teaching people how to pray. Quite something. And you know, that's, that's the one thing the disciples asked Jesus. They didn't ask Him, Lord, teach us how to do miracles, nor how to lead. Or they, they said that they found His prayer life so fascinating that they said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? And I've got an encouraging word for you. He's still doing it. He's teaching us how to pray. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to pray. So if you haven't got this life that I'm speaking about, you can be taught the life. Interesting. And one of the, one of the things that I found uh, beneficial is that uh, there's keys to have a successful relationship with humans, and I think they're keys to have a successful relationship with God. So I think he shared with us that he gets on his knees. I think he's talking more about the posture of his heart. But for him, he actually gets on his knees. But I think there's a posture of bowing ourselves before God, lifting up his name. Jesus said, hallowed be the name of the Father. Glorifying God. Let me finish it before we, we land. Let's go back to the scriptures quickly, just for a few moments. Yes. <laughs> and Simon and those who were with him searched for him. 
And when they found him, so remember he's not praying. Eh? And when they found him, they said, Lord, everyone is looking for you. Like he was, like they are, they are found, there are people gathering everywhere. They, they, the, the, the people from last night, they are, yeah, they're looking for you. <laughs> and now he's been, he's been listening to the Father. Now this is a massive gospel opportunity. This is a kingdom opportunity. And this is what he says to Peter and to those who are looking. Let us go into the next town, into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose. So out of prayer, he finds his purpose. Out of prayer, he knows what to do. Little testimony. I um, was 20 years old. My parents had put a deposit into the university for me to go and study business. And I was toying with business for teaching. And I thought, God saved me. I just got saved. I thought this salvation life is so exciting. Uh, and I'm hoping, at that time I didn't know what God had called me to do and to be. But I was hoping that God would somehow not allow me to live a normal life. And I was just saying, God, whatever you want for me, I would, I would, I want that. And I made the, <laughs> I shouldn't say a mistake, but it's not a mistake. I, I decided to fast and pray for seven days, just to, just to make sure my life was lining up with the Lord. It's another discipline we've lost. So because there's so much wind in the church, and it's Sunday to Sunday, you very seldom need to be on yourself, by yourself, and seek God and dig into the Word for yourself. Because you can do well by the wind. And next Sunday we will be here again. And God will be moving here again. And you can be on the wind with us. But that's not the way of God. The way of God is for you to find. And for you to be a seeker. And for you to be found by Him. Um, so I was, I was saying, God, I'm going to fast and seek you for a few days. So I would encourage you, if you haven't fasted, start with one day. Just one day. And set, a, set time aside to give to the Lord your affection. Let me quickly tell you what I think the benefit of fasting is. It's actually horrible on your body. And you often don't feel very good. But what you're doing is you're taking all your desire and all of your natural desire for food and you're saying, God, I want to give it to you. So fasting without praying is just like, I don't know, suffering. <laughs> so, what you, so what you want to do is in your fasting you actually want to turn to God so I took seven days off and in those seven days the Lord speaks to me and says I don't want you to go to university I'm going no my mother's going to shoot me <laughs> She's, I'm in big trouble uh, we've already paid the deposit and by that time, if you, if you heard my testimony, we've already lost a lot of money as a family. So I mean, my, my, my parents are, are going all out for this son of theirs that's shown some promise because he's been, now he's been saved and he started to study at school and you know, do a little bit better than he was before. Uh, they decided, man, we must get him into university. So I come back now from PE, I'm a little bit thinner, and I sit my parents down and I said, uh, God spoke to me. Now, they're not Christians. God has spoken to me, and He doesn't want me to go to university. <laughs> he, wants me to, 
He wants, he wants me to preach the gospel in the schools. My mom, man. I, I hope she's never going to hear these things but on, on uh, the audio. But uh, she, just, she didn't even speak to me. She just started to cry. And she, I could hear her. Like, you know when you can hear your parents sobbing? That's how bad it was. So there's no, no communication. My dad like, just looked at me, big eyes. Uh, he said, well, if God's spoken to you, then God has spoken to you. And you must do what he said. Uh, and they had a little meeting the next day. And they said, because God has spoken to you, and because you're going to now do what he wants you to do, it's now the fifth of the month. We would like you to leave home by the 30th. So you've got 25 days to uh, find your way and do what you must do. Now, you know what happened? <laughs> I went, oh my goodness, God, help. I remember just like saying, God, if you can get me out of this one, I can trust you for anything. <laughs> it's like very naive. Like I thought, God, this is impossible. Like I'm, I'm young. I don't know where to go. And, and the church that I was part of, I'm no longer part of them. I haven't even got a church. So I didn't have a church. This is crazy, and I'd know where to stay. Um, and God is speaking to me and saying, I don't want you to go to university, which has been paid for. And I'm looking at a brick wall. And it was fasting and prayer that brought that shift. He also said to me, I want to mislead some of you guys, okay? Because studying is very important. But he did say to me, he did say to me, seriously, studying is very important. He did say to me, because I was a bit nervous. I thought, you know, not going to university is like a big decision. And he said to me, I'm going to put my knowledge and my wisdom in you. So at least I've got a bit of track record now. Some of you are going, God, you didn't really do a good job. But, but, but he said to me, I'm going to put my knowledge and wisdom in you, and I'm going to train you. So there's a point why I'm telling you this. Pray will change the trajectory of your life. Prayer will give you direction where you will say no to very good opportunities and you'll say yes to the will of God because you're being led by someone that's bigger than you. That's what prayer does. So I want to encourage you that a lifestyle of prayer is worthwhile. I want to say to you that a lifestyle of prayer, building your life, and not just by yourself, because they did say, teach us to pray. There's something about having people that you pray with that's very powerful. So seeking God with others and having your own lifestyle of doing that is incredibly powerful. And life transforming. And the Lord answered, I've got a place to stay. Literally five days, I think, four days, three days. It is like... Some of you say that's not the 12th hour, but for me it was like, my goodness, I'm going to be sleeping on the streets. Um, but God answered my prayers, uh, gave me a place to stay, uh, a church opened up their doors, and I was in the schools, and I was on the journey of being taught by the Lord. What happened? I had a dove flying there. Okay, I can see that some of you are going, okay, I've had enough, I'm getting the point. Um, <clears throat> What's it going to take to shift your life? What's it going to take for you to be someone, I'm talking to you personally, where you transformed? Jesus said to his disciples when they were 
wavering. Can't you just pray for one hour? So I don't want to put that on you. I think to, uh, I find it very hard. I always fail when I come up with these little New Year's prayer resolutions that generally don't work for me. Um, so I find that I've made some, not promises, I, don't, I try and avoid promises, but I find that having these very clear ideas of what I'm going to do for God uh, don't often work. But there is something about saying, God, what would you like me to do? And there is something about setting your life aside on a daily basis and sometimes a weekly rhythm that can be the most powerful thing you do in terms of your walk with God. I would say that prayer and hearing the voice of God has greatly impacted my business life. Greatly. We wouldn't be married. I don't think we'd be married unless we learn to pray together and we learn to hear God together. And we love each other. So for those who, when Lord and myself, we love each other. But love is not enough. <laughs> Love's not enough to navigate marriage. It's just not enough. You need spirit. You need prayer. Prayer together has been one of the most powerful things we've engaged in. Okay, that's enough. So my question is, is this going to be the seed that gets thrown on the ground and nothing changes for you? I love that testimony. I love that testimony. And... And AJ is a mature Christian who before that probably wasn't spending that type of time with the Lord or devoting yourself to the Word in that way. But it's very evident that something shifted in his life. So I want to encourage you. God will teach you. And you can be taught by others. You can learn to pray. Let's stand together. I'm not going to call anyone to the front, and I don't want you to respond unless it's before the Lord. But out of interest, who's, I'm not asking those to respond who already are walking in this, but who's, who senses the call of God in this area? God's calling you to actually embrace a lifestyle of prayer or to shift your lifestyle in this area, and you know it's the Spirit of God. I want you to raise your hand. That's great. It's excellent. Very good. Can I ask you to make yourself accountable to someone before you sleep tonight? So if you sense the call of God, you want to protect that sense of God. I want you to tell someone what you're sensing in your heart. So that you can be, like Ronnie described, where you can, you can come here on a Sunday and you, you're coming with fullness. You're coming with flow and life. All right, let's lift our hands together. Father, I want to thank you for your beloved church. And Lord, we, we do want to, Lord, with all our hearts, love you and obey you. And Lord, I want to ask for grace. Moses said, Lord, let your presence be with us and let us find favor in your sight. And let us, let us, let us know the grace of God. Lord, I want to ask for favor for your people. And grace for your people. Lord, as they lift up their eyes, that your light will shine on them. 
draw them, Holy Spirit. Let the longing be fulfilled. And let your, let, your, let your Spirit have His way and form us to be a people of prayer. For Acts 2 says they were devoted to prayer. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.